Hey guys, it's Peter uh, from Politics Mostly. Thank you for listening. A little bit of a different episode today. No music, no fancy audio clips. Just going to head right into it. And I got a, a listener one time emailed me. And she said that she wished, she wished she was able to read the news with me. Now, because I am an unattractive male, I will assume she actually meant that, was not trying to hit on me. Uh, I don't normally respond to emails about the show because, and this is important, the show is literally fucking free. So don't bitch about the show, unless you actually have constructive criticism, which is always welcome. So she replied to my inquiry, my follow-up, and she says something to the effect of, I just feel like it would be funny, and I want to know what your first reaction to news stories would be, right? So... (coughs) Um, I was like, that sounds like an interesting episode, reading the news with Uncle Petey, and I totally fucking forgot about it, and then I remembered it, so now I'm doing it. Isn't that funny, okay? I'm gonna try to keep this at 10 minutes or less, uh, which definitely means we're going for an hour. (laughs) So, the new segment called the Reading the News with Uncle Petey, I'm just gonna read you a headline, and like, the basic point of the story, and then... You know, what's my instant reaction with it? Like, what's my take-home point, right? How does it fit into, like, the larger view of, like, how I perceive the world? Okay, with all that out of the way, first news story. Yahoo News, quote, Why Biden is approving public lands oil drilling permits faster than Trump did and angering environmentalists, end quote. Okay, so you want to read the news with Uncle Petey. The first thing you got to know is I get mad pretty easily. (laughs) So, I read that headline automatically, without even clicking it, your boy's in a bad mood, okay? Like, the planet's melting and Biden's out here being more oil-friendly than Trump, I'm not going to be happy. So, uh, Biden is averaging 333 drilling permits per month since taking office. And Trump, his first year, he was averaging 245 permits per month. And in 2018, 2019, also less than 300. So Biden is being, at least in this one case, less green than Trump, which is pretty hard to do. Even if, even if you wanted to do it, that's pretty hard. Now, here's why it's stupid, right? Biden already took the hit for being green, right? Uh, remember in Pennsylvania, he was like, I'm going to ban fracking. I'm not going to ban fracking, whatever. It was like a big issue. And now he's not even reaping the reward for it. He already took the bad press. Uh, I guess the press wants us to melt the planet and he's not even getting the benefit of it. Right. Um, classic Democrat, classic Democrat move right there. Good job. And why should I vote for Democrats if I'm going to get Republican policies? That's I read this story, and that's my take-home point. I'm voting for a Democrat. I'm getting worse than Trump on the environment, which is very, very hard to do, because if you remember, Trump thought windmills caused cancer, and that climate change was a Chinese hoax. So, uh, not great, right? That's, that's my read on that story. Not great. Let's keep it going. Number two, The Hill. I like The Hill. <coughs> Quote, Texas school district pulls 400 books from libraries after GOP lawmaker inquiry, end quote. Okay. Uh, My anger meter is still high because if there's one thing I hate, it's censorship. I hate, 
I'm I'm about as near of an absolutist on free speech as you can get. Um, it even gets me in trouble with my my left friends sometimes because I'm like, oh, like that shouldn't be illegal. Like you should be. Able to <coughs> I think you should be able to say fire in a crowded movie theater. I I I don't think that should be criminally illegal. I think you open yourself up to civil matters if you say that there's a stampede, someone gets hurt. All right, sue them, but not jail. I mean, I I'm like an absolutist with free speech. I'm very 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 pro First Amendment. Um, Second Amendment, ugh, not so much. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm assuming the books here that Texas banned uh, are not ones about how great America is. So, according to the article here, let's see, the books include references to abortion, teen pregnancy, sex education, ooh, women having sex, LGBT narratives, oh, okay, the Black Lives Matter movement, ugh, very controversial, Black Lives Matter, very, very controversial, and anti-racism. These are the topics of the 400 books that Texas children in San Antonio now do not have in their library. Here are some examples. Oh, this is funny. Here are some examples of specific books the Texas Republicans so graciously took from our children, The Handmaid's Tale, and We Were Eight Years in Power in American Tragedy by Ta-Nehisi Coates, which is such a self-own. Because it is literally, it yeah, okay, on the surface, it's a collection of, like, essays about the African-American experience. <coughs> but really, it was a collection of essays critical of the Obama administration handling of racial policies and failing black people. So that's really a cell phone. Sorry, guys. You just you just saw the, the name and, and something about race, and you went to ban it, not realizing it was really, like, an anti-Obama book. So that's on you, GOP of the greater San Antonio area. Um... Here's my take on this. Uh, you know, people would always tell me, like, come down to Texas. You can buy a house for the cost of a VCR. There's no taxes. There's no laws. There's a lot of weird animals. Decent weather, if you consider, like, 100 degrees, nice weather. Um, yeah, no thanks. I'm good in New York. That's my answer to this, right? Okay, there are taxes here, right? Cost of living is high. I get it. But no, I don't want weird GOP officials who think the world is 4,000 years old deciding which books my kids can read, okay? I, it's not. It's literally not worth it. I'll take the 8% tax on my income. I'll take it. This is, this is the... I read this shit, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, Texas? <laughs> Tex, so much weird shit is happening in the classroom in Texas... It's really, really difficult. They have these weird laws about having to teach history without race. And teachers are always complaining how hard it is to teach about Jim Crow in Texas. Because how are you going to mention Jim Crow laws in the South without mentioning race? And then, uh, I don't know if this was Texas or Florida, but one of these, one of these pillars of perfect living, uh, these red states... Uh, they have a law where you have to introduce the other side of an argument uh, in history class, which is very awkward because think about certain movements, right? Uh, the Holocaust, certain, not movements, uh, historical events, the Holocaust, uh, slavery, uh, uh, the civil rights movement. Like how you're going to ask a small child to prepare an essay against, uh, to be against the civil rights movement, to be pro-Holocaust, pro-Hitler, really? Really? They call this... Oh, now, how am I going to keep this under 10 minutes? I'm, I'm fucking all over the place. But 
they they call this in the right you know the right is obsessed with education like controlling controlling education it's why they do the charter schools the homeschooling they're constantly trying to like dissolve labor unions teachers unions um they call this parent-led instruction right something like that some euphemism off the old frank lutz chopping block um and it's like well shouldn't uh parents be involved in their kids curriculum uh no no have you talked to the average parent the average american you want them dictating oh actually um america doesn't have any mistakes it has made no mistakes historically uh you know it's it's like if you teach history and people become patriotic that's fine but you have to teach the bad stuff too because you should just teach history as it happened that's my big uh liberal take just teach history the good and the bad as it happened but now you get these parents where it's like oh my kids are coming home hating america no like how else do you want to teach about you know the trail of tears how how are we supposed to teach that and, you know, unfortunately, there are a lot of parents who don't want their kids to learn about what we did to the natives, what we did to blacks, what we did to gays, what we did to women who tried to vote before they were allowed to, right? It, it, sometimes there are bad things in history, and that's okay. You just got to teach that, too. So, no, I don't think parents should be uh, in charge of their kids' curriculum. They're not educators. They don't have PhDs. They don't... You want your parents to write the lesson plan on the fall of the Roman Empire? Really? That's what you want to do? I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. I, I, 50 years ago, that would be a foreign concept. Parents deciding what their kids learn in school. No, like, that's what teachers are there for. That's what educators are there for. That's what the curriculum is there for. <laughs> oh, God. What, what the hell is happening in this country? Okay. So, and also so much for free speech, right? Free expression, censorship. I thought these were things Republicans cared about. I guess not. Because they're going to go book by book, and if your book says abortion, if your book mentions teens having sex, then we're going to ban it. We're going to ban it from the schools. And, you know, I really don't like the whole slippery slope argument. I find it weak um, from a strength perspective. But... If they're gonna if they're gonna start banning books that mention like you know grapes of wrath or uh, uh, what's the JD Salinger book I can't believe I'm drawing a blank here Holden Caulfield whatever um, like books about like alienation and drug use you know you're gonna start like banning most books okay because a lot of books have that shit and I don't want the government denying my children the option of reading some of these some of these books are classics in literature so yeah this is this is uh not great that's how i say it next story <coughs> from the ap former reality tv star josh duggar convicted of downloading and possessing child pornography okay so why am i talking about this well the right is really obsessed with pedophilia. Has anyone known this? I saw a um, an SUV the other day uh, in my small town here in New York, and the back was just full of 
stickers of like fuck biden uh let's go brandon the right you know i love the right there's some great thinkers on the right there've been i it's just the right can offer so much intellectually but man they're not funny they're not they they say let's go brandon and they think it's funny and i feel so bad the left has such a monopoly on on comedy in this country um I've I've tried right wing comedy and it's uh, not funny. They they say let's go Brandon and think it's funny anyway. Um, so I'm looking at all these stickers on this car right, and it's like save the children was one of the stickers. And I was like oh yeah remember that like that was like a QAnon calling card calling card right like the the codes on like the furniture website was like sex trafficking for kids and shit. And they want to talk about how often Bill Clinton flew to Epstein Island, but then they don't want to talk about how often Trump went to Epstein Island, you know? And uh, so I'm bringing up this Duggar uh, story for really just one reason. He was very closely linked to Republicans. So when this story broke, a, a collage of selfies went viral on the old Twitter sphere. Uh, it's one photo of a bunch of smaller selfies making up the photo, uh, hence the collage, uh, that Mr. Duggar, this child pornographist, uh, took with right-wing politicians, right? Selfies with Mike Huckabee, Rick Perry, Scott Walker, Rick Santorum, Jeb Bush, Sarah Palin, Ted Cruz, and little Marco Rubio. Um, now I'm not saying these politicians are pedophiles, I'm not. I'm only saying that if a left-wing celebrity got caught with child porn and had selfies with Biden and with Harris and with Obama, it would be like a block on every Fox News show from now until 2024. That's it. So for a movement that supposedly hates pedophilia, it sure does seem awfully suspicious that a lot of these right-wing people are, you know, involved with pedophilia, child trafficking, all this stuff. Trump and Epstein... This guy, I mean, it would be one thing if, you know, if you look at this crime, I don't see a political bent either way to the people who are accused of it. And yet, if you listen to the right, it's like, oh, every Democrat uh, does bad things with kids and eats people. You know, it's like, but where that's not even based in a fact that's then exploited to be a lie. It's just completely based on nothing. So yeah, reading the news, Uncle Petey, I like this segment. Fuck the music, fuck all that shit. We're just, we're reading the news, and I'm showing you how I interpret the news. Like, what's, okay, I see a headline, how do I link this to something I think in, right? So, the next story is, I saw two things. And I need your help, the listener, because I don't understand this story. Why is the right so obsessed with Putin? I don't get it. I, I literally don't get it. Newsmax magazine. Newsmax, which once famously said it was the fourth most popular cable news show. And it's like, okay, well, there's CNN, there's MSNBC, there's Fox News. What's the what's the fourth biggest cable news network? And it's like, oh, there really isn't one. <laughs> uh, and Newsmax was like, oh, we're the fourth biggest. Um Newsmax releases a magazine. I don't know why a cable news program channel would uh, release a physical magazine, but nevertheless, here we are. 
The title is Vlad the Great. Post-Trump, Putin becomes master of the world. And then uh, roughly the same day, there was a Fox News segment on the Tucker Carlson, Carlson show. Show I'm using in quotes. Well, I guess a show could be like a clown show, so unquote, it is the Tucker Carlson show. Uh, and the Chiron say Putin just wants to defend his western border, right? That's what appears under Big Tuck. Um, I don't understand this. Uh, I thought Trump was like a one-off thing because maybe he wanted Trump Tower Moscow tax-free or something. Maybe there was dirt on him. I know there were a lot of salacious allegations about Trump's time in Russia and how certain things may or may not have happened. I will leave it at that because I don't think any of it was proven and I don't want to get sued. Um, (coughs) But it really has infected, like, the right. Why, Why the worship of Putin kills journalists, kills rivals, destabilizes NATO... I mean, that's right there. That's, you know, Republicans love NATO. I would argue more so than Democrats, even historically, maybe not recently, but historically. A Western European alliance that Putin constantly seeks to destabilize. Um, And he's literally always talking about how much he loves the Soviet Union, Putin. Uh... Not exactly a capitalist kind of guy. Not exactly someone who believes in the rule of law. Like, I'm just saying things that... uh, I'm trying to think of what things Republicans say they stand for. I mean, and, you know, on this podcast I often show how they don't. Uh, Things that Republicans say they stand for, but... And then how Putin fits into that. Because they're not even aligning. I I mean, Putin hates the gays. Maybe the gay hating is something they like. I don't know. Uh, But Putin is not like a Reagan Republican. He's not even really a populist. uh, Like a Trump. Like what Trump thinks of himself to be. But he's also not. uh, So someone needs to break this down for me and explain to me. I understand that Trump always had a Russia thing. I, that's fine. You just accept that and move on. But why are why is like Tucker Carlson and Newsmax, and like I saw like there was the, the, all these Trump officials on RT Russia Today, the state news uh, program, saying how like Russia should invade the Ukraine. Like what what are what what's going on here? What are we doing? And I'm glad that I'm reading the news with you guys. Like as I read it, I'm talking about it because what's going on here is usually like my response to. My reaction to, like, 90% of this shit. Okay, last story. I'm only twice as long as I thought I'd be, which is good. Number five, J.P. Morgan releases its 2022 outlook. Oh, J.P. Morgan. And they've also never been wrong. Don't Google the London whale. Okay. Our, this, (coughs) a quote. (coughs) Shit, okay, a quote. Our view, J.P. Morgan is that 2022 will be the year of a full global recovery, an end to the pandemic, and a return to normal economic and market conditions we had prior to the COVID-19 outbreak. End quote. Oh. Okay, J.P. Morgan. They later say the price target of the S&P 500 is 5,050. Can you believe that? And speaking of the old S&P 500, and part of me hates doing this because... 
I don't want to make the mistake Trump did, which was he equated the stock market with the economy, which is not how it works. <laughs> um, but at the same time, if the market's flat, the Democrats get blasted anyway, so I might as well brag that the stock market's good, because if it was bad, it would be our problem. So I'm going to take the good with the bad and just say that I looked at my little portfolio. This is a little portfolio, as you can probably tell with the microphone quality of this podcast. It's a little portfolio. I'm not exactly rolling in the dollars over here, but I was up 16% year to date, which is really, really, really good. If you know anything about like returns, you'd like shoot for 5 to 7%. So 16% year to date. <coughs> Very good. Thank you, Biden. Thank you, Biden. Uh, And to piggyback off this, Washington Post, quote, In 2022, companies plan to give biggest raises in more than a decade. Payroll is to rise by 4%. You know, I I wish people rooted for the country because a lot of good things are happening. And part of me... Uh, does think and to be fair I'm sure Republicans felt the same way for four years but part of me does think that there are elements in the Republican Party and people who vote for Republicans that you know they actively root for bad news they want you know 6.8% inflation like they were like ah I wish that was 10% yeah, that was announced today. 6.8% inflation. Well, announced today. It's, this episode's coming out Tuesday. Today's Friday. Um, I've talked about inflation a whole bunch and how if you factor in what inflation was at the end of the Trump presidency coupled with the rise in wages, it's actually not that significant, at least by historical comparisons. Um, so... I'm just throwing that out there. And people also talk about gas a lot. Here's another quote. Official government numbers. This is from the U.S. Energy Information Administration. Nice. They project gas prices to average $2.88 per gallon next year. And if you look at the USEIA, if you look at their previous estimates, they're usually within $0.10 of being accurate. So if next year we're below $3 a gallon, I mean, part of me... You know, I'm reading these stories. I'm just trying to tell you guys, like, what I'm thinking about, how I see this. So much of the right, and I do consume a lot of right-wing news and media. Um, I think it helps me with the pod see, you know, what the other side's talking about. And it's like uh, they, they play the same hits. They talk about inflation. They talk about supply chain stuff. And they talk about gas prices. They can't talk about wages because wages are up. They can't talk about unemployment because unemployment is down. Less than, uh, I think it's like 4%. New unemployment claims are at like a 70-year low last week or something like that. So if you can't, and the stock market is soaring. So the stock market's cooking. Unemployment is low. The economy is growing. GDP is up. So they have to pick they have to pick things that aren't ideal. The supply chain. Remember supply chain, supply chain. Is everyone shopping for Christmas right now, yeah? 
Anyone having a hard time finding gifts? I'm not. I'm not having any delays. Nothing's like, ugh, we wish you ordered sooner. It's on a freight. It's on a freight thing in in Las Vegas in uh, Los Angeles. No. Everything. I mean, I, this is anecdotal, but everything I'm looking for is in stock. So much for the supply chain crisis. I saw um, cream cheese uh, supplies were low in New York City the other last week. That was the last supply chain. Uh, issue was uh they only had three days left of cream cheese in new york city so yeah i mean we're talking about really serious stuff here obviously um so they don't have the supply chain issue to talk about anymore they can't talk about wages can't talk about unemployment can't talk about growth can't talk about the stock market so what are they going to talk about part of me really wants inflation to like go to zero um, first of all, I mean, well, inflation's weird. It, we treat it as a wholly bad thing, and it is bad for, you know, low-income, middle-income people. Um, but it also can add to the GDP. Um, some inflation's viewed as healthy, you know, like 1% to 2%, 2.5%. I mean, nobody wants it at over 6%, which is where it currently is. Uh, but so let's say healthy inflation's like 1%. I would love for inflation to go to 1% like overnight and just watch Fox News for a bit because I'm starting to wonder like what are they going to talk about well it's actually as I'm talking about it it's becoming very clear to me what's Fox News going to talk about if inflation goes down they're going to bring up the culture war stuff there's a war on Christmas uh, illegal immigrants are voting uh, you know they're going to bring out the old hits so that's actually stupid I was like oh I'm having a really good idea let me flush this out and i'm like oh they're just gonna talk about culture again <laughs> i mean that's what they did with you know the second term of obama is uh all the economic indicators were up this is pre-covid growth 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 four percent gdp growth by quarter you know the dow doubling tripling in size and uh what are they going to talk about they're going to talk about immigra- immigration they're going to talk about abortion uh you know all that kind of stuff so all right, so that was it. Me reading like five news stories, being like, "Here's what the news story is about. Here's why I think it's important. Um, this is how I consume the news." Uh, as you can see, usually pretty angrily, <laughs> but I did end on a good note, so at least that's good. Um, and I want to thank you guys so much for joining me. And there will be a new podcast tomorrow as well, something a little bit different than this. And I will see you all then. Thanks so much, guys. Have a good one. Bye.